Welcome to PS Let's Talk Love. I'm Marsha. And I'm Solvay. We're communication professors and dating and relationship coaches. And in each episode, we'll be talking about dating, love, relationships, and all their complexities. We're here to help you navigate the sometimes awful, sometimes exhilarating, and oftentimes bonkers elements of all things relationships. We want to emphasize that this podcast is separate from our teaching and research at our university jobs. It is, however, part of our desire to bring dating and relationship support to folks everywhere. Let's talk love. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 39. We're so happy you're here. 39, 39 episodes, Marsha. I know. I just had to pause on that for a minute. (laughs) I said it so quickly. That's a lot of episodes. (laughs) Right? We're impressive. We've recorded that many episodes. It's been a big year. It's been a big year. Uh, Anyways, welcome everyone. Uh, We're doing our little check-in today. So Marsha, what are you loving this week? Well, I am loving finally started to maybe be able to breathe through my nose right now. And for context, listeners. Tell us more. Yeah, I, I I can't believe I didn't. I don't think I mentioned this at all leading up in the previous I podcast. So. I get. I don't. I don't know why. It just. I did not think. Okay, listeners. I got a sinus surgery on. Uh, it was just just about a week ago. It was right after we recorded last week's podcast check in. Um, and here here's some background on this. I went through a whole journey. I thought I had allergies, all of the, the, these issues. I, I often We've been on this. Up. Some of us have been on this journey with you for a the, long time. The past summer, at least the summer. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I have all for like the last like four or five years, I thought I had seasonal allergies because I feel like I always get like sinus stuff in the spring and I often will get a sinus infection in the winter too. I am prone to sinus infections and they are miserable. They last like weeks for me. It's really bad. And when I was going through all this allergy testing, they're like, you don't have seasonal allergies. And I'm like, well, what the shit is happening then? Why am I always stuffed up? And so they sent me to an ear, nose and throat doctor (laughs) and the ear, nose and throat primarily nose for my purposes doctor did a scan of my face and he's like you've broken your nose and I was like I mean probably at some point I played basketball and he's like clearly like it's not the outside like he he looked at my nose and he like touched it and he's like your nose is straight like it doesn't look mm-hmm. like it's been broken when you look at you it's like but looking at your scans the inside thing is crooked and mm-hmm. it's blocking Oh, not fully, but sort of blocking one of the passages. And he's like, you know, one of the things that happens then is stuff kind of gets jammed, like caught dust and pollen and all of that. And that can cause allergy like symptoms and just general like, you know, mucus, not pleasant stuff. And he's like, well, what we could do, let's he's like, let's do a full scan of your face and see what's going on. And then they looked and I also had these weird things. So, you know, your sinuses that are on like your under your eyes, that's where I get really, really bad sinus pressure and headaches. And I had these weird polyp type things. I, they weren't called polyps, but it was just like these little things that were in both of them. And he's like, that's weird. We could get rid of those. And you probably he's like part of the reason you probably get sinus infections is because the opening is really small. So something gets in there and it's stuck. It's hmm. really hard for it to get out. Plus, my nose is crooked in the inside 
Plus, I had these other things inside my nose that were like, I don't know. Apparently, I had a lot of things going on for somebody who seemingly was moving through the world relatively fine. So he was like, we can do surgery and just get all of, fix all of that. He's like, it's a really quick surgery. It's like 45 minutes. You're in and out. And I'm like, what's the pain like? He's like, it's not, it's like not that bad. You'll be back. We'll do it on a Thursday. You'll be back at work. No problem on a, a Monday. And I was kind of like, okay, like, I don't see. I don't know. And I don't know what I was thinking. I've never had surgery before. <laughs> I realized. Anyway. Ever. Okay. Ever. I mean, I've had a dental implant, like a metal post put in where in a, okay. I, I don't have a baby tooth in one place. And so mm-hmm. they have to put, and so they did put me under for that, but you know, I was under for like 10 minutes with like, I think it wasn't like general anesthesia the way. Okay. Like when I, I was, when, like when I got my wisdom teeth, it was maybe not like the same as that. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Like yeah. this was like I I don't know what I was thinking. I think because it it was like in my nose and they weren't gonna like have an open wound anywhere visible on my body and because he said it was small and my, I don't know it was probably minor to my doctor. To me, I'm once I like got in the surgery place, I'm like, oh, this is like a full surgery. Like <laughs> like I was going under general anesthesia and to the point where when they wheeled me in the room. Cause, so I didn't go to a hospital. I went to a surgical center that like, where they do a bunch of like, okay. I think a lot of like what I had done and also like plastic surgery mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wheeled me in the room and I'm like, oh my God, this is like Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> like full surgical room, which also shout out to my doctor who, when I said that, which by the way, I was also, they give you like an anti-anxiety medicine called okay. Versed, which is like the loopy medicine. Okay. So I was already on that when they wheeled me in and I was like, whoa, it's like Grey's Anatomy. And I do have a recollection of my surgeon being like, who am I? McDreamy or McSteamy? Like, and then (laughs) rattled off their like, uh, credentials. He was like, well, McSteamy was a ENT and a plastic surgeon. I remember being like real loopy and being like, Dr. Lorenz, what is happening? Like you were impressed. Were you impressed in that moment? Yeah, I was impressed. I also like my surgeon a lot. Um, anyway, anyway, I digress. So I got the surgery. It ended up like I did not really understand the full gravity of it. Clearly, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you told and, me it was like, oh yeah, no big deal, and I was like, okay, yeah. Right. Which is also I'm not going to tell you it is a big deal. Described it. <laughs> well, I, and and I've had mm-hmm. like I said, like I had that dental implant. I thought it was going to be like comparable to that. We're like. Okay. The day of, I was kind of miserable and groggy. My face was a little swollen. The next day, my face was swollen and I was a little sore, but like otherwise fine. That was not the case. I was super groggy. Like again, general general anesthesia. I got super, super nauseous waking up. I was in extreme pain when I woke up, which... They, which I think is like part of just waking up out of surgery is they they like don't I don't think give you any pain meds they just like sort of start gauging Ooh, it. I, I don't, don't know. like that I've clearly not had much surgery either I mean I haven't either so I, I'm sure there are probably listeners who have had much more invasive yeah, surgery than sure. what I had and, and are like oh girl you don't know but yeah. this is all I have to go off of yeah so anyway I woke up like extreme pain also you know, you wake up and like you're groggy and like 
I I can only have like little piece snippets of memory from Mm -hmm. all of it. But I do remember like looking down and my nose was just like gushing blood. Oh, and there was nobody there. And I had to like have the wherewithal to do the call button to the nurse. And she just came like, oh, you're bleeding. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) which is like normal that that's what happened for like 24 hours is my nose just gushed blood. Oh, honey. Um, Yeah, very anyway, unpleasant. And it was super nauseous, which I also think you're really sick because all the blood, you know, because it's in your head, the blood like runs down your throat. So it's in your stomach Ooh. and you don't eat anything before. It just, it's like a recipe for disaster. Ooh. Anyway, um, it was very unpleasant. I, they gave me a lot of pain meds. Like a, and then they gave me a prescription of pain meds, and I feel like they gave me way more than is responsible. Did <laughs> Which you then makes me think like, no, I took, I only took. Okay. They gave me Percocet. I mean, I guess it's yeah. not like a secret. And there was a lot in the bottle. I took, I think, a grand total of maybe three. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I don't. I'm really apprehensive about pain meds. Anyway. Yeah. And I just switched over to Tylenol, which is probably why I was in so much pain. Gotcha. <laughs> because it it was excruciating. It's like the worst sinus headache I have ever had oh, in my life. Poor thing. And I, yeah, it was miserable. And I think especially because it's your face and head, it's not like... You know, you can like, if it's an, the, your knee that aches, it's like you can kind of ignore it or prop it in a way that it might not hurt too much. But when it's your head, there's like nothing you can do. It just, you have, to, you're going to notice it. Yeah. So um, that sucked. It sucked real hard. Uh, and I am still like, he said on Monday, he's like, yeah, you'll be, you should be back at work on Monday. No problem. And I'm like. I mean, today is Wednesday evening and I am still like uncomfortable. I'm working this week, but like I probably would have scheduled this at a time, like over winter break, if I would have known how long, just because like, I don't, it's, I just am tired and like groggy and I have to do these nasal rinses like 10 times a day and I'm still snotting out things. It's. It's a anyway, listeners. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Sinus surgery is a big deal. <laughs> oh, wow. oh my goodness! I'm glad you're okay, and I'm glad you're not in as much pain. But also, that sounds very unpleasant. It, yeah. I mean, I think it will be good when it's all over. And I definitely felt like every day I'm feeling better. The one. <laughs> Right now, because I'm still swollen, so like I'm not noticing the differences in breathing yet. Yeah, um, I was wondering. Yeah, it seems like too soon to tell yeah. if anything's better yet. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it will be better. Like I, I, I'm sure it will be, but you know, I don't notice it at this moment. I just still feel stuffed up, especially on my one side that was worse. Um, the one thing that I am noticing now. So I, and I read that this can be a side effect is for, for a while and it might last for like a few weeks. My upper lip is like a little bit swollen. So like my Cupid's bow is more defined oh, <laughs> and it just yeah. looks, looks like I got a little, a little bit of like lip filler. I and can see that now that you say it. Yeah. See that? yeah. It's kind of hard to see things on zoom everyone, but yeah, I see it a little. 
Um, and I was like, well, I'm not mad at this. Now I'm like, should I get lip filler? Because this looks very nice and natural. And then I was like, did my doctor just slip me some lip oh my filler? Gosh. That would have been nice of him. <laughs> I wish. <That's> really funny. <laughs> So, oh, wow. Well, keep us posted yeah. on that part of your journey too. Yeah. I was like, if that was the only side effect, I would love this surgery, but you know, there's been some pain involved. And... Yep. So it has been a little bit of a rough week. I also couldn't run for, I was four just going to ask, can you run? Yeah. 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 I was supposed to, I was supposed to wait seven days, but then I negotiated. Oh my gosh. And I was like, look, look, doctor. Like, let's, let's, let's be real here. I'm not going to go seven days not running. And he was like, I'm very concerned that you are going to like the, uh, your heart rate getting up and and the dryness of outside is going to cause you to have a major bleed. And he's like, and then you're going to have to call me and I'm going to have to come to the ER with you because you're going to have a nosebleed that doesn't stop. And I was like, well, like, just... how long could I? Like, you know, you know, I was like, seven days is like you're being safe. If you're if you're being less safe, <laughs> and he, it was a Thursday at the surgery. He was like, like at least please wait until Monday. In fairness, I waited to run till Tuesday. So good job. And so far, you haven't bled out of your face. No, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'll knock on wood, but I'm pretty sure that that like, I think I'm healed enough um, that that probably wouldn't happen any like, I mean, we're also almost seven days out. So I also took it real easy. Like I ran way less. I I went slow. So my heart rate didn't get really high because I can run with my heart rate pretty low still because I have a naturally low heart rate. So anyway. That was also hard. I was like, I think that's why I'm in some pain too, is because I'm going through withdrawals from running. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But now hopefully with any luck, you'll be able to run. And as you're healing, you'll maybe not have those breathing issues anymore too. That would be great. Yeah. That would be great to not always have kind of a stuffy nose and also to not get really, really bad sinus infections. Yeah. Like I especially after feeling like I had a bad sinus infection the last week. Like I would like to not have this happen in the future all the time. Like it used to. So yeah. Yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah. Um, How are you? What are you loving this week? <laughs> I'm well, we made a little note while I was thinking, cause I think a couple weeks ago or sometime recently, one of our podcasts, we made a joke about, we were talking about some situation where people didn't like the taste of pumpkin spice or pumpkin things. And one thing I'm mm-hmm. loving right now is I bought some, um, some kind of like pumpkin spice creamer at the grocery store for my coffee. And I really like it and it's making me really happy. So for anyone else who does like pumpkin flavors, I feel like this is the that. time of year to buy that pumpkin spice yeah. creamer and just indulge. It's making me very happy. Have you done that? Do you like, you like pumpkin too, right? Yeah, I had Costco had sold some pumpkin spice oat milk. Yes, I got that yeah. stuff too. Yeah, Ooh, I got that. I, got, I, I tried it. that one or the Califia one or whatever. However you pronounce that brand. I think so. Yeah, I think that was the brand and I loved it, but I went through yeah. all of it. Yeah, I got that yeah. one. And then this time I just bought like a regular kind of like um, cow milk creamer. Um, 
And I like both. This one's a little sweeter, which is it's almost too sweet for me, but either way, it's still making me happy. And I'm feeling I'm putting like some cinnamon in my coffee and it just feels really nice. But that was just a little thing I was going to share. So Marsha, you know this, but I haven't really taken our listeners through this recently, but I haven't talked about my love life much um, for a while now because I, as everyone knows, I stepped away from the situation with my international lover and then I was taking a pause from things, all the romantic things for a while, letting myself heal a bit. And then I went on a few dates. I did some, I did some online dating, did a, met a few people through that. That was interesting. And, <laughs> and, um, and, and, and in, in the site and whatever, and, and, and I, have reconnected with my international lover. And I feel like I'm ready to share. As I know, you know, Marsha, and I think a lot of our listeners know long distance relationships are difficult. I'm curious to see what happens next. I'm, I'm curious and cautiously open to see what happens next, but what I'm, I'm loving and feeling hopeful about is that we decided, um, he actually bought me a ticket to go see him in Dublin, um, in December. And I'm feeling excited about that. And I feel like I'm willing to share with everyone that I'm feeling excited about that. Okay. I mean, that's definitely something to love. Yeah. It's something to love. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's interesting to have taken a step back. I think for both of us from that being, you know, being like, okay, I don't know if this is something we want to continue and take giving ourselves each some space. Um, and then deciding that we want to keep trying and seeing where that will lead. Um, is is that is exciting and a little nerve wracking, I guess, too, just because I've been putting I've put a lot of energy into this over the past couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens next. You know, I don't I'm trying to really be present with myself and be like, OK, I'm excited about I'm excited about going to, back to Ireland and to spend more time with him. Um, and then the thing that I don't know if I've told you yet, because this also just happened recently is that so he is originally from the country of Mauritius and we decided to buy tickets to Mauritius as well oh wow you did not tell me that because <laughs> it's pretty new you told me what I was in a drug induced no it's pretty new so in addition to going to Dublin we're going to go to Mauritius and go like meet his family and spend like a week spend like 10 days in Mauritius which I've never been to before and I'm feeling super excited about where is Mauritius do you can you tell me yeah it's off the coast of Madagascar I've never been to that part of the world before nor have I I'm not familiar that's okay I see so it is it is just smack dab in the middle of the Indian Ocean Uh, yeah off the off the coast of Madagascar yeah yeah look the climate is warm kind of tropical-esque it looks really beautiful it looks really really beautiful yeah and his parents live there so we're gonna go and spend time with his parents and he has not been home in like 14 years so it's gonna be a really big deal are you so you're going to Dublin 
Yes. Are, are you meeting him there? And then you guys are going to fly together to this place. Okay. Yeah. To, yeah. I don't know why I'm actually like Maurice to this place. place. <laughs> <laughs> to his <We> homeland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be in Dublin for like um, through Christmas. And then we're going to go to Mauritius for 10 days and then come back to Dublin and then I'll come back to Alaska. Okay. I feel like not only is, you know, like visiting, well, I mean, you visited him in Dublin a few times, so that is not new, but, and I know that you guys did maybe some day trips or some like yeah. little weekend trips, but like fully traveling with someone is also like flying, seeing them in, especially over the holidays flying, I imagine it's going to be, you know, a stressful time just it's going to be interesting. It's going yeah. to be, it's going to that, be interesting. That, it really illuminates a lot of things about people seeing them, you know, in a middle seat for 14 hours. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited and I'm also just so curious. Like I'm so, I'm yeah. trying to like hold the energy of like, this has so much possibility. There's so much rich, like rich, rich with possibility. And we've been really connecting in some very cool, deep ways recent, recently that make me feel even more excited about going. Um, but also, um, wow, there's also some real potential stressors here. And this is going to be interesting. I mean, be, I mean, I love traveling. And so um, being with someone who is a fun travel partner is important to me, although they don't have to travel. You know, I can travel with other people too, if I were you know, in a long-term relationship with someone, I, I, I imagine I'd still want to travel with other people, <laughs> but still, right. I think it'll be, um, it'll be really insightful already. Just some of the things that he has shared with me about like planning, they speak French, um, in Mauritius. So I will like, it's just going to be a real intercultural experience for me. And I feel like I'm getting insight about his family, which of course gives me insight about him. And so, um, it's going to be really, I think it's going to be really cool. I'm feeling really, really like what I'm loving is having made this plan. And also, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, but I feel very, I feel very hopeful. Do you, have you ever talked to his parents at all before? No. Do they know you exist? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I just feel like we look. That's an important question. That's an important question. That would be super awkward, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So, you know, some people have such like complicated relationships with their parents. Yeah. Are you guys staying in his family home? Yes. <laughs> Are, is it? I wish a everyone large... could see Marsha's face right now. Marsha may not be loving all. I'm okay. I just, I am, I'm concerned here. Actually, honest talk, honest talk. I'm just, I'm like, okay, you are going to a completely foreign <laughs> country with somebody who like, you have not spent like extensive amounts of time with. Mm -hmm. I know that you've been, you've been in communication for years, but you know, mm -hmm. you all together, I don't know how many days it's been, not a lot. And and staying in his family home, a family home that he has not been to for 14 years. Yeah, we're really just, like I, just jumping it, into the fire there. With yeah, them. I'm really, I'm like, can we, can you find a backup place to stay if things go south? Like, just like do some Google, like Airbnb Googling beforehand. I should do that. I should do that. Yes. I'm hearing you in that. I was like, I was thinking about like, oh, that is a lot that that's, I just know, I know, I mean, yeah. I'm used to living alone listeners, right? Like, so it's going to, and I, and while I'm love humans, I think it will be 
potentially a lot, but we don't, we don't need to think about that. We don't need to think about all that through right now, Marsha. It's okay. I know. This is I just know. about I just, what I'm loving. This is just about I'm, what I'm loving. I'm excited right for, I, I think it's cool. I think it's a great, like it, it's a exciting like step in the relationship, all of that. I, I want to be excited. I get concerned maybe because the thought of me going to my husband who I've been with for 12 years, his family home and staying there for 10 days sends me into a tail. I'm getting palpitations. Okay. Just oh, thinking about don't, that. don't, don't. We want your nose to heal. <laughs> I just, my nose is going to start bleeding. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dr. Lorenz. I'm sorry. My friend told me some news that made me stressed out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. You're going to have to meet me in the ER. <laughs> oh, so no. that I, I'm, I'm in some ways putting myself in the situation and it just, my in-laws are fine. Like they're not like horrible people or anything. I just am like, that would be a lot to spend 10 days at their place. So that is where there my, some I'm of totally my concern is coming from. Yeah. And, totally. and also not seeing, uh, yeah. Yep. That's where my concern is coming from. So, you know, just, just maybe have a little, little baby plan in place just in case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a good call. I'll, look at, I'll, I'll just think about, I mean, I have no idea what to expect. Um, I mean, I, do, I have an idea of what to expect. Right. That's not true. We've been talking about it a lot, but, um, but yes, I hear you. And I did think to myself, okay, well that's, it's not like, I just have to keep reminding myself, like I listeners, I go to Mexico a lot and I spend time in Mexico and I've traveled alone a lot. I've traveled around, like everybody just listening, just know I've traveled the world quite a bit though. I haven't been to this particular area. I've traveled alone a lot. So I feel like a very competent, knock on wood, I feel like a very competent <laughs> traveler, international traveler, international adventurer. And also I hear you. And I have been thinking about like, okay, well, it's not, it's going to be a different kind of trip. And also I have thought like, I wonder if I need more space than that, but I I don't know. I don't know. I need to think of that through a little bit more. Okay. Fair, fair. You it's pretty also- new. It's pretty new. It's like all of this is pretty new. So. Okay. Do you have to get special vaccines? I should look that up. <laughs> yeah. You, Cause I think if there's some, I know there's some African countries you have to get like malaria and and probably some Asian countries too, I'm guessing. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Thanks, yeah. Marcia. You're welcome. Okay, well, I know. Pragmatist here. Okay, I know. We we should get move on to the episode. Yes. I just felt like I wanted to share a little bit about that because I am excited. And I also I can hold the the um pragmatism and the also the like the all the things because I think I'm feeling them too. Um, so I hear you. I hear you. Okay. I'm listening. I will be safe. Okay. Okay. Listeners, I'll be safe. It's going to be okay. (laughs) And we will have other episodes before you go. Don't worry. We will. (laughs) And I'll be able to tell you all about Mauritius when I come back. That is exciting. Okay. We'll see you in the episode. So here we are still in season one, episode six, 
And we're going to give you a little recap as we do of what happened and then talk about it quite a bit. So this episode is the one where we see at the very beginning, Ted removing his wedding ring that starts off the whole episode. We hear that because Jamie's been benched in the last game, he's been called back to his home team, Manchester City, but he, and he's also like has a pretty bad attitude right now about the team and what's happening with the team. We also get to meet the delightful Danny Rojas who arrives on the scene and is an incredible player. We see Keeley beginning her role as the team's publicist, something like some kind of job like that, while Rebecca is also dealing with the tabloids and some bad publicity, as usual, surrounding her ex-husband, Rupert. Ted learns of a team curse and creates a ritual to bring the team together and deal with that curse. Jamie starts to connect with this with the team. And then we see at the end of the episode that he has indeed been called back to Manchester City. Did what I miss? Anything? I think you hit the important parts, I feel like. This was a real up and down episode, I feel like. Uh, Yeah. You mentioned this is one of your favorite episodes. It is. It's one of the episodes I watch the most. And a big part of it is because of the scene in the pub when they're talking about ghosts. I can't wait to talk about that more. (laughs) So... You're so good at thinking of themes. Tell us about the theme for this one. Okay. So this, we as we were kind of watching this episode, and listeners, I have watched this episode. I would say this has got to be at least my fifth time watching it to take notes for this. And I caught some things this episode that I hadn't caught before. And I think like this just speaks to how well constructed the show is. I would say the theme of this episode is football is life. I think Danny Rojas says the theme throughout. And we've got a few, like kind of just some examples of the way we see that play out. And specifically, I think what is cool about this theme is, you know, Danny Rojas says football is life like exuberantly through most of the episode, right? He is like, football is life he's happy it's like with joy and it's not until the very end of the episode that he says it like with much more a much more solemn tone right it's football is life and that is life like life is up and exuberant and it is also not up and exuberant and is down and there is sorrow and life is all of those things and I think we see all of those things those beats of life play out throughout this episode, we kind of see this contrast between like, there are some like really high things happening, some positive, some happiness, some joy. And then there is also the flip side that is happening right alongside the happy things that are downsides that are troubling. And so we're going to get into kind of some of those examples that we see. And a lot of them are related to the relationships that we see on the show. Yeah, we're really seeing contrast, the contrasts of life in this episode. And yeah, so let's start with some of the tougher parts of life. Some of the things mm-hmm. if we're thinking about football as life and things that might be the the harder things, the downsides of life. Um, we see obviously at the very beginning of the show and we ended the last episode acknowledging and recognizing that Ted's marriage is over with him taking off his ring. We see this, you know, really... Yeah, a really poignant scene where he takes off his ring and that begins the episode. Yeah, 
I think this is such a nice example. You know, whenever we talk about nonverbal communication in class, we always often talk about artifacts and and things that we adorn ourselves with that communicate. And a wedding band is like one of the most like culturally significant artifacts that we have, right? Like that is an important part of our culture. And seeing Ted like seeing Ted understand the gravity of what, you know, like the decision that was made in the previous episode and acknowledging and accepting that his marriage is over and demonstrating that by removing that artifact from his body, I think is like, it's a small scene. It is a small, like he's not talking to anyone, but it also like kind of shows some of his growth throughout this show that we've seen. And it speaks more than any, you know, other kind of conversation he might have in that moment, just to watch him make that choice. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, to follow, you know, him going into work and being noticeably a bit, um, I don't know what we'd say, scattered a little bit off. His energy is a little bit off in the beginning of that episode, in the beginning of this episode, understandably, having made that choice and, you know, kind of trying to rediscover already who he is <laughs> as a person mm-hmm. who's not married, which seems like a really important, has been a really important part of his life. Yeah. It's like, it's probably been a grounding point, right? Like I I just think about how we define ourselves in our identity. And if you have been married, how I, I forget if he said how long I thought it had been like at least a decade. If you have been married for over a decade, like a big part of your identity is going to be wrapped up in your role in that marriage as in this case, like a husband, uh, like his tie to his ex now ex-wife, like that is a part of how you identify yourself. And I imagine, you know, taking off something like a ring is like, that's frazzling. That is taking off. Of sure. Frazzled. That's a good that, word for what he seems. Yeah. 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 And especially because we know they've been through therapy. We know they've been trying, you know, there's, there's a lot. I mean, I, it's so funny when, you know, whatever he says, these things, and he leaves the room and Nate's like, um, is he okay? And coach, you're just like, no, no, he's I, not. Again, like such a great demonstration of beard nose Ted though. That's friendship. Beard like was just sort of like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And no, he's not okay. Look at him. (laughs) Clearly not okay right now. Yeah. 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 I love their friendship so much. Me too. Uh, Let's see. And then the, the next kind of downside of life type thing that we see um, is Jamie announces that he is hurt and cannot practice, um, which I think we all agree is not accurate. <laughs> I think everyone knows Jamie's not injured. And I think like yeah. this is another good example of Ted's leadership, right? Like, and that leaders are not, even great leaders are not, you know, uh, even great leaders are going to have like things in their they're life gonna... that puts them in a mood like <laughs> yeah they're gonna that, crack like, they're not impervious yeah 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 impervious that was the word I was yeah. looking for yeah. yeah that like perhaps episode two Ted would have had more patience with Jamie but at this point in the season at this point in Ted's life like he is a human and one of the things that is going to impact the way he reacts to his players is what is going on in his life yeah 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, he, he definitely responds in, uh, with, with strength as well, because it seems pretty clear that Jamie is sulking and has a bad attitude. And so Ted responds in with, with strength. And I, I really appreciate in this scene, how he says, okay, well, you know, after he's sort of gotten through his, his rant about practice, he says like, okay, well, since you're hurt, you can go put up the, what, put out the cones or whatever, right? right. You can go yeah, put out yeah. the cones. And that, that part is really interesting. He was like, I see you, I see you. And here's something you can do to help the team in this way. If you're yeah. actually really hurt. And then I really think it's interesting how right after that, Jamie tries to get Colin and Isaac to do it. And they're like, Hey, no man, we're not doing that. That's your, that's your job, right? That there's some shifts happening in the team dynamics. Yeah. And I think that that is, I mean, this is a leadership technique that can be used. And I've, I've certainly seen this used before as well as Ted having this conversation, or, or I mean, it's not really a conversation, <laughs> having this interaction with Jamie in front of the entire team. Like this was not yes. something that happened behind closed doors. Everyone witnessed it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it is also, to the best of our knowledge, the first time we've really seen Ted like not not let this type of behavior be something that he sort of doesn't give air or attention to. He's like, no, yeah. you, I'm like, I'm not a pushover. I see you. I see what you're doing, and absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and you, I think that's a great point that he does it in front of the team. He didn't, he didn't have to do that, but he chose to in this case. And whether that's because he was rattled or because it was the leadership choice, it's, it's maybe hard to know. Yeah. Probably a combination. Yeah, exactly. But I appreciate that afterwards he goes in and, you know, Nate says, make some sort of comment, which is interesting about like, yeah, you know, get what, I don't know what Nate says. I can't remember. But then he says, it's a no, how do you pronounce that word? No schadenfreude zone. Yeah. No schadenfreude. No schadenfreude. I can't say it. (laughs) Yeah. But like taking pleasure in someone else's downfall, right? Like that he, that he says, you know, that he he is able to clarify with Nate that that is not what we're going to do here. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. That that's not the point, right? The point isn't yeah. to put Jamie in his place and like, haha, I feel better. The point is like, we want a team united and we want people to participate. Like that's the point. And yeah. he's trying all these different methods to get to Jamie. I did appreciate how much Roy appreciated that too. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so um, what else, what else was a downside of life? A thing that was hard in that episode? Well, we also learn about the curse. So Danny, almost immediately after we see Danny uh, and in that he is an excellent player, um, we then see that he gets injured and we learn through some, I, I feel like one of the funniest scenes <laughs> that, the training room, the treatment room, sorry, the treatment treatment room is cursed and everyone seems to know it's been cursed except for Ted and Beard. They are unaware. Um, and, and then we kind of get into, eventually we get into the backstory of where the curse seemingly came from. Um, and it was because it was the, the stadium and, and the promise of becoming a professional football player is something that lured young men to the stadium 
for the world what was World War One, um, and many of them ended up dying and not coming home, and they got their physicals in the training room or treatment room. Um, and and I mean, I think like you know, there's the like that is such a layered downside, right? Like we have the levity of the curse, but also like just the shittiness of war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very sobering moment to actually hear what happened in the stadium and to remember that part of a country's history. Um, yeah, it's a it is yes, it's it's very sobering to to remember and to think about. You know, I think there sometimes we forget about all the history of a place mm-hmm. and that and they're reminded of that there in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so we learn a bit more about the curse and we can kind of talk, I suppose, more about like how they get over the curse as we talk about the upsides because that's that's where the majority of that sits. Um, yeah. But through all of that, we also see some of the complexities of specifically Roy and Jamie's backstories. Like we learn a lot more about them. And I think like this kind of further supports this theme of football as life. Like we are learning more about the lives that these, these characters had had prior to when we meet them and the complexities that were involved. We know that Roy, you know, seemingly grew up poor and was recruited at a really like had to leave his family at a very young age to go and train and and it paid off but it came at a cost Mm -hmm. we learned that jamie's father is pretty awful and that jamie has reasons for why he doesn't really participate in the team and always tries to be uh well just the way he is in things we also hear at some point you know this is not in particular order but also Keely commenting that he's been a battler she says a battler a battler (laughs) (laughs) and that he needs to stop battling people who want to help him she makes that specific comment which is seems to be pivotal for him but I think it also helps us to start to understand Jamie's multi-dimensional too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he's you know kind of an asshole, but also there's reasons that at least Keely knows for why he might be that way. And then we start to learn as the episode goes on too. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, this is like the, the, the gray area of life perhaps is what you could call this where yeah. the reason Jamie is where he is, is, is that he basically says like, you know, I, I came from this small area of Manchester and now I'm here in a premier league. Like that requires a certain level of battle and that's where that where she says yeah but like you can't just battle people for the hell of it you have like if they're helping you don't battle them and it's like that learning how to manage those characteristics that I mean we all have in ourselves to some degree and Jamie just seemingly hasn't learned how to balance like you fight you you do need to fight to get achievements and to do things and to see success but also you have to understand like when and where and how to fight yes so that you're not being your own worst enemy yeah I'm just looking he said that his dad he shared that his dad called him soft if he didn't dominate and he said I made a a vow to be so tough that he could never call me soft again Mm -hmm. and that is so 
that is the story of so many people, right? That they're like, I don't want someone to view. And I'm thinking also of men in many cases, but I think people in general that um, people who might have been vulnerable at one point or another harden themselves, make a decision to harden themselves or make a vow with themselves to not be considered soft, to not be considered weak. And, and we start to understand that a little bit more about Jamie. Well, I also think that the point of the show, much of what they're trying to illuminate is toxic masculinity. And I think that like mm-hmm. they are putting a spotlight on specifically that with Jamie, that this is toxic masculinity, what, what you are exhibiting right now. This and, is how it's created too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And through a father it. saying, don't be soft. Yeah. And if you don't we, dominate, <laughs> you yeah, have to dominate. Have to otherwise you're that. soft. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You have to unlearn those things. Like at some point you, you have to make a decision to not to, to stop that pattern, right. To stop Mm -hmm. that from continuing on. And yeah, like it, it does make you start to see somebody like Jamie who up until this point has been such a fucking asshole Yeah, as like, okay, you're still an asshole, but I understand where it's coming from now. Yeah. You start to under, I mean, it's like every bully, right? You see bullies usually bully for, for reasons, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not an excuse, but it is not an explanation. Yeah. But a a bit of, a bit of understanding. We also hear in this episode that Higgins's cat has died. I just want to say that as well, because he did say in the previous episode that he would be wrecked by that. So, you know, Mm -hmm. football is life and also death. Yep. Life, life carries all things. Uh, Mm -hmm. and we also, I guess another downside that we're, we're just sort of continuing to see with Rebecca is she just keeps sort of getting pulled back into the turmoil and the discomfort around her divorce and specifically with her ex-husband, like what a night, I just can't imagine how horrible it must be to be somebody who just is having to see this play out in tabloids. Cause I have had breakups but I, they're not in ta- like not for everyone to see and it just get you get hit in the face with it like in a normal breakup yeah. when your ex starts dating someone it's like you maybe hear it from a mutual friend and that still sucks usually yeah. <laughs> that still sucks rebecca's like just just kind of like climbing out of the hole that she's in and then she just gets pushed into it again with these yeah different kinds of news about rupert's bad behavior basically yeah, it just it's every time she starts to soften, right? Like, I guess in some ways, Rebecca and Jamie are really similar. Like, there's mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a like mirroring of the two characters, right? Where he he literally talks about in this episode, you know, building himself up. He, he won't be soft. He won't be soft. And anytime she starts to soften, she gets hit again and is like, uh-uh, building that right back up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the ultimate, (laughs) the ultimate contrast, uh, we see at the end that Jamie leaves the team anyway. Right. Because Rebecca made the decision. And we're not clear on that. I don't think at this point. Right. I mean, it seems, I mean, it seems like, it seems like it. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like she went ahead with, I mean, she, she basically said that at the end of the episode is what I, my understanding of it was. I think I interpreted that as well, but she, it, it, I don't think we know at this point what a hand she had in it. 
Right. Right. I mean, she, yeah, she just told Ted, like, yeah, I I let it happen or I made it happen or she at the very least was passive and allowed it to happen and didn't stop it. Yeah. Um, But I feel like when she walked out, I mean, this is kind of jumping ahead, but when she walked away from the, the field at the end where they're all around the fire pit, I feel like she had made the decision. She knew what she was going to do. She was going to continue to work toward dismantling that team. That's what it looked like. I mean, it looked like, yeah, there was, yeah, there was a moment. I guess we could also say that was a tough moment is yeah. at the end, they, the the end of this, the episode when they're having, the team's having a bonfire and um, she's, you know, Ted invites her in and says, do you want to, do you want to come? And she says, I'll respectfully pass. And she walks away and throws off the jacket. Yeah. Which is in contrast, and maybe this kind of transitions into the upsides, right? Like the the light parts, the joyous parts of life. That's in direct contrast. Like she did agree to come and participate. She did. He said, you've got to come. Like you're part of this team. This is part of, of you. And I think this is, you know, again, this is about life. This, this episode is about how football represents life. Sam, Sam said like, this team is you, you are part of this. And she's mm-hmm. still willing to dismantle this thing that is, she is a part of. And yeah. like, don't we do that? Like we see people do that in their lives, like focus on the revenge or focus on whatever the thing is they're focused on to the detriment of themselves. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. At this point, it's starting to become self-sabotage or self-destructive. Mm-hmm. It may not have started out that way but for her it she's really not joining in something that is bringing people together in a pot in what seems to be a positive way at this point yeah yeah she yeah. wants it's like she just keeps wanting to and then can't she can't yeah. be soft yeah yeah I love that point that's so interesting so yeah let's 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 talk about some of the good some of the other good things that happen in this episode some of the other light parts or the things that were the upsides of life in this episode we've already mentioned it but just to say again danny is a phenomenal player like it is so fun when he comes uh, not only his energy when he runs onto the field but then the scene where he and jamie are kicking the ball (laughs) there's just so much goodness about he's an excellent player he brings positive energy he's already high-fiving everybody on the team and it seems like it's the first time he's met i don't know if it's the first time he's met them but it looks like it Yeah, it seemingly they've at least never seen him play before. And they it, it was like immediately he was like part of the team and they loved him. Well, he's high-fiving everybody. It's like he's coming in with like full team energy too. And this this bright personality and this enthusiasm. Like it's such that's so fun when you you know, think about like when you get a new coworker, you meet someone new and they just like bring this incredible energy to what it is that you're doing. Like that's such a great thing to have on a team. <laughs> yeah. Well, it reinvigorates you. Like it reminds you why you're doing what you're doing, that this is yeah. fun. This is supposed to be fun. What we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So he brings this great energy. Um, Keely gets a new job opportunity. Like we start to see Keely in her new role. Um, I mean, is she a publicist? What's the role? Do you remember the title? Like, is that the title? I don't know. She, I mean, her, I think she was hired to help with like branding and publicity for specifically for the individual players. Like how does yeah. she connect them to branding opportunities? It was my understanding. 
yeah like pr kind of like a pr yeah yeah Yeah. which also lets her start researching the players so we get like that's part of how we got a little bit of roy's backstory um and we also get like a couple little like funny tidbits about a couple other players one of the ones that stood out to me was that isaac's mom has two left hands (laughs) oh that happened so quickly i'm glad you caught that (laughs) i was like wait what (laughs) um yeah, yeah, she's clearly yeah. embracing her new job. Yeah, and seems to be thriving in it, right? Like she's showing that she is. She, I, I think, like we saw in a previous episode, I can't remember if it's the last one or, or the one before. She was kind of hesitant about this position because she was like, "Ugh, are you just giving it to me because I'm friends with you or or I was nice to you?" And and I kind of think that what we saw now is her shift and be like, "It doesn't really matter why I have this job. I'm gonna like be great at it." And yeah, I'm, I'm gonna work. And like yes. I just love seeing that kind of mentality. Like, yeah, let's buckle down, especially compared to we have Jamie in this episode refusing to practice, which is like that's the hard work that goes into anything that you're doing. And then Keely's like, no, I am gonna practice. Like I am totally. gonna work. And it just I just thought of this that also when she walks in to the the first meeting with Rebecca and she's got like her I mean, she also brings that sort of enthusiastic sort of the same kind of Danny Rojas energy of like, here's my notebook. Yes, it has a unicorn on it. Like I am ready to go. And she doesn't take any of the bullshit from Rebecca either. Rebecca kind of makes a comment and she's like, absolutely not. It's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So she's bringing fresh energy too. She's also we'll probably talk about this in in another way, but she's also showing up to be Rebecca's friend again in that moment, right? Showing there. So, so even though Rebecca's having a hard time for the most of the post for much of this episode and Keely is the one to break the news to her, Keely's also there as her friend in that moment too. And there's, there's something to be said for being with your friend through all of it. And being honest with your friend, right? Like she told her the truth. She told her what was being said in a very direct way. She didn't, I like, I just think that that is a really important part of friendship that I appreciated them demonstrating. Me too. And she says, she says something to the, maybe you wrote this down, but she says something to the effect of you've got this, or if you don't call me, <laughs> I appreciate like both of those things, right? Like when you can be a friend, that's like, I believe in you, you have got this. And also I'm here. Right. Like just cover this. both faces. Yeah. Yeah. Like what a great friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Keely is thriving, I think feel mm-hmm. like is what we see. And we also saw Jamie start to soften. Like yeah. you I think we've talked many times before on this podcast about vulnerability and disclosure and how that is so critical to relationship building. It's it's important to us in life because that's where shame hides is where when we aren't able to be vulnerable and we aren't able to share about our experiences and how we are feeling that is where shame is which can be destructive and so you see Jamie like not only disclosing and also reflecting on like he says my mom wouldn't be particularly proud of me right now um, yeah. as he's talking about his, his mom. mom or his grandma or somebody I thought he said his mom. Oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, somebody, some woman in his life. (laughs) I'm pretty sure his mom, which also this is like an aside, but he says, so if you've been listening to Taylor Swift's recent music, I swear this is a very short, (laughs) short tangent. 
<laughs> in her newest song, Antiquary. Sexy little baby. Sexy baby. Okay, she says sexy baby in the song and everyone will laugh. And the first thing I thought about is how is how Jamie Tart says when I was still a wee sexy baby. <laughs> I was like, oh, is Taylor Swift a Chad Lasso fan? No, I wondered that too when I listened to this. It's <laughs> That's the really funny. Thing I thought about. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he, I, I thought he said his mom. So I thought Maybe. it was his mom because he, he said when they divorced before they split up. Oh, I missed that part. Okay. Um, and and just reflecting that like she loves him no matter what and just wants him to be happy. And his dad is like clearly an asshole based on what we know and want is putting too much pressure and has been absent periodically throughout his life until he can get something from Jamie and, and reflecting on that and really thinking about like, what am I doing this for? Like, I think that when we stop and look at our motivations, that can really shed some light on why we are behaving in particular ways, right? Like, Jamie is reflecting on like the whole, his whole motivation has it sort of, again, sort of like Rebecca has kind of been like revenge filled or at least vengeful. Vengeful, certainly. Yeah. And as opposed to, you know, coming from a place of like, I don't know, goodness or loving the game. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, again, this is a game. Yeah. And, and and getting joy from it, right? Like, again, in contrast to, like, Danny Rojas, who is just this bundle of joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, like, yeah. what are you doing it for, Jamie? Yeah. I mean, I want to talk even more about the vulnerable shares, but I also just want to go back and highlight for a minute Sam going in to see Rebecca. Like, that, there's, like, so many sweet moments in this where, I mean, you said, you said, he said you're a part of the team or you're a part of this team as well. But even just the the sweetness with which Sam invites Rebecca to this, you know, reversal of the curse gathering is so sweet and warm. And so we do see these moments where she is included, right? Where she's being included, where people, there are people, warm people reaching out to her. And I, I just love where Sam says they have this cute interaction and he's like, everybody thinks that I'm going to be the person who's into curses. And she's like, what did she, I can't remember what she says. And he's like, well, no, really I am, but it's mostly because I really love Harry Potter. <laughs> right. He said he, they think it's the guy from Nigeria and and she goes, oh, you're not? And he was like, oh, I am. <laughs> but Harry Potter. It's because Harry Potter. It was very cute. We should talk about Harry Potter more too sometime. I do not know any Harry Potter anything. Oh, okay. I'll talk about Harry Potter myself. Yeah. Anyways, I was like, Sam, you're so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he also points out something in that interaction that I thought was interesting. And I think did make her think for a moment because he said, I like the idea. He he said, do you know that JK Rowling has more money than the queen? Yeah. And he said, I like the idea of someone becoming rich because of what they gave to the world, not just who their family is. Mm. Yes. And what a beautiful, again, my dog is named after this character. I love him so much. We love him. Yes. Um, Obi, I hope you have that kind of energy. <laughs> um, but, but also I think that did make her think like, what are you giving to the world? Right? Like, and I think that that is what made her decide to come and participate. Mm-hmm. And it just, she just still can't get over the revenge portion yeah. or the anger Yeah, they're just, yeah, I mean, there's so much contrast in here between like this sweet invitation and the ways that she seems moved by what Sam has said in a few different ways and yet is still 
struggling. She's, she's on her own journey. She's struggling. Yeah. So Uh, at this bonfire, there's so many good things. Oh, did you want to say something else? No, no, no. Go. Yes. I think that we should talk about the bonfire. Did you write down what they put in the, in the fire? I mean, a few things. Did Uh you? I just the ones that, that where they talked about it. Yeah. I mean, Roy shares his blankie. Yeah. A sweet story. And we learn more about his story at that point. Right. We learned his grandfather drove him up there and then he didn't get to see him ever again. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of that, though, was when he said, I, I my granddad, I was like scared and I, he gave this blanket to protect me and keep me warm. And like they kind of snickered and he said, I was fucking nine. Say something. Love that quote, too. I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, Roy. No. You know, good job. They're being jerks. Yes. And he, so he's like clearly like being vulnerable. Sam shares a photo that's really important to him. There's like real meaning behind the photo as well. And then we see, I don't know what that character's name Richard. is. <laughs> Richard. Richard. Yeah. Like, what? This is a sand where he first had sex with a supermodel or something. Is that what he says? Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's so good. It's like, so good. And it's also like, oh yeah, this is football and footballers are huge, right? You like, like, yeah. I think we forget sometimes what celebrities these guys are, right? They're celebrities and it's easy. You kind of forget. I don't know if you forget. Mm-hmm. I forget sometimes. I'm like, oh, they're just people. But then you remember with things like that, when the other guy's like, here's the keys to my Lamborghini, right? Like, oh yeah. Like these guys make tons of money. They're in a premier league football team there yeah it's like it's interesting all the variety of personalities and depth that we see right right yeah for i i often forget that not only are they wealthy but they're also like very famous you, they kind of high, showed that a little bit this episode with the pub that like the whole team yes. is there and all of a sudden like it got out and people started coming to the pub like right like yeah. it, there was a huge crowd forming uh cuz i think that's the first we've really seen that like we yeah. haven't realize that they're so famous um but i i also think like again the theme of football is life like <laughs> one person's like high or low would is not the another person's high or low right like it's all relative oh my um, gosh so funny yeah and we see you know higgins shows the cat's collar um you know a, another more meaningful offering and then also nate gives sunglasses that a girl said he looked like clive owen so funny yeah so what is significant to each person is different perhaps we see there and that's good to remember in life as well significant what what is significant what artifacts you mentioned artifacts earlier what what things are significant to each person are really different and it is but it is also really interesting how we learn each of their stories a bit more through what they've shared. Even if it's just a little bit, we have a little more insight on many of the characters based on that. Yeah. I am curious. Do you, what do you think Ted put in? We don't see, do we? Uh-uh. Do you think he put in his wedding ring? I was wondering about that. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of, I guess it's implied, but we don't actually know that. We don't know what he put in. And Rebecca just puts in the newspaper, right? It's interesting, but maybe she didn't understand the assignment. That's I what I was thinking. <laughs> I was kind of like, this doesn't really track. Like, is she releasing? Wait, no. Yeah, it didn't quite work. But I was like, okay, we're just, but also everyone just sort of rolled with it and was like, oh, yeah, yeah. 
And maybe her like, and fuck the haters kind of statement was one. I was thinking about that as I was thinking about each of these people's celebrity status that a lot of people in that room and maybe all of them have dealt with probably being in the tablet. We don't hear about it. We don't see it. But, you know, Keely doesn't seem like she's unfamiliar with that. I mean, she's not in the room, but like Roy doesn't seem unfamiliar. Like all of those people are probably in the tabloids too. So maybe there was something that they could all relate to in that. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple episodes ago, Keely made a comment to Roy about how she was like, didn't your last girlfriend steal your watch and your right. Your, your <laughs> right. wallet? And right. Your, right. Like, so it's like, okay, you, their lives are public. Like yes. there's a lot of public facing components of how they live. So they probably are particularly empathetic to Rebecca because they have experienced that. Or maybe they're not as empathetic because they are all men. And like we have seen, Rebecca has mentioned numerous times, like the press is way harder on women than it is on men. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there to unpack. It's interesting, but the bonfire in general, I mean, I also love the part where they're about to light it on fire and Beard's like, how about we do this outside? <laughs> like- Did you, speaking of nonverbals, my favorite part of this episode is watching Rebecca right before when Ted, if you watch it again, listeners, if you watch it again, watch Ted pulls out the matches and starts to Uh talk. And Rebecca is like kind of to his left or to Uh his right. And she is like watching it and reacting. Like, like you can watch her face being like, what the fuck? Uh, uh, somebody saw this, but she didn't say anything. Oh, I did not notice. (laughs) It's so funny watching her reaction to it. And then Beard says something. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We it's good to have lots of, you know, good, like Ted's like in the moment, right? And right. then we see Beard be like, here's an important detail. <laughs> Let's we not need- set the stadium on fire right now. We all need a Ted to our or we all need a beard to to our Ted, right? We like sure we do. need we need those people in our lives. Yeah. Um and then um, I mean, you know, kind of going back to upsides, we like see that Danny Rojas is okay and that this was all sort of orchestrated. They knew that he was going to be okay, but like this bonding ritual was, they still did it kind of in the effort to do exactly what it achieved, which was create more unity and connection between the players, right? Like they disclosed, they all uh, sacrificed and we see at the end, they like, they are unified. Even Jamie and Roy are like, yeah, you know, like they're not BFFs, but they, there's some connection. They agree that the mess call should not be thrown in the fire and that they should drink it together. Right. And they invite Ted into that. Right. Like there's, there's this really beautiful moment of unity between everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I like at the end of that, they're doing the, their team chant, which is we're Richmond till we die. We're Richmond till we die. And, you know, it's like this, really happy joyful like connective like everything is great right like we we as an audience too are supposed to see that and be like yes everything's awesome uh and then you know again contrasting how life works is you get lifted up and you get knocked down and then it's like the next scene we find out that Rebecca made the choice to go ahead and have Jamie go back to Man City and and I think that's where we see that last football is life from Danny Rojas, right? Like, I just think that that was such a really pretty way of showing, like, we had the Richmond till we die and almost the, exactly the next scene, football is life. And it, yeah. I think, just highlighted, like, yeah, that's life. It's 
Yep. It, it can be really joyful and it can be real shitty. Ups and downs, ups and downs. Yeah. For each episode, we've kind of pointed out or focused in on one character or a couple of characters just to kind of check in with them and see what's going on. We thought that Keely would be a good one to focus on this episode because she wasn't part as much of the main story, but she had like her own little storyline running throughout this episode that we haven't really gotten to touch on quite as much. So we know that, I mean, she has the new job. She's kicking ass at the new job. She's working hard. What else do we see from her? Well, if we talk about nothing else about Keely today, I just really want to talk about her boundaries. When we see when we see this moment where Jamie is asked if he can talk, and he's clearly thought he could come into her apartment. And she's like, absolutely not. You can't come into my apartment. And then he... And then he's like, well, how about we talk in my car? And she's like, no, like the only thing we were good at is sex. If I go into either of those places with you, you know, I mean, she, I don't know exactly what word she says, but yeah, she says, you can't come into my house or car or we'll shag. Like, I just know that I just, I just want to highlight that for all of us. Right. She's still super loving to Jamie in this moment. She didn't have to be, but she is, she's kind to Jamie in this moment and she upholds her boundaries, like her boundary to not let him in her house, her boundary to not get in his car, probably because she knows that she is on some level still attracted to him, that she could do something if she doesn't uphold that boundary for herself, but he also receives it. Right. He, I mean, he's, he kind of you know, he's kind of like, are you sure? <laughs> but mm-hmm. I just want to acknowledge Keely for her boundaries in that moment. I feel like that is something we could all learn from. Yeah. I mean, I think it's what a great example of knowing your own, like <laughs> knowing where to set your boundaries, having the self-awareness to know how to set them. And I, I, I think, I mean, as much as I hate to give Jamie any grace, <laughs> I do think that that is a good example also of his ability to accept the boundary like he didn't put she what he he asked he why can't no. we go yeah. in the house like which is a reasonable question to ask i feel like and he accepted what she said he did even though he has no idea what pavlovian means right he's still try, <laughs> he was still working that out but he yeah. he he accepted what she said and didn't question it or push against it and i think like the, I think that's a really important thing to note about this because mm-hmm. if like if you are someone who is breaking up or you know in the midst of a breakup and and you find yourself like sort of in some ways getting sucked back in mm-hmm. like if the other person is respecting the boundaries great you can continue to interact if they are not re- like if he would have pushed my reaction would have been like, she better not keep interact. Like she can't keep supporting him. She can't keep being nice to him or giving him any of her time or energy because he's not respecting that boundary. And like, that's not cool. But the fact that he does is like, okay, cool, man. Like yeah. then, then you can have a friendship, which it seems like they're sort of building to some yeah. extent. They're starting to shift. They're yeah, they're transitioning into a new phase of their dynamic with one another. But I yeah, I love her boundaries there. That was really the main thing I want. I was like, go Keely. Do you have anything else from this episode that we haven't mentioned yet about Keely that you want to mention? The the other thing that I think that she's doing well, and she's done this a couple times throughout this uh, series. She did it in another episode. She really keeps reminding, especially Roy not to take himself too seriously. Like she has kind of poked at him a few times about how seriously he takes himself as a footballer. And she is like, all right, like 
he, he says in this episode, like, I'm not one of your show ponies. And she was like, you wear a number, you trot around out there. Sure look like a show pony to me. Like, and, and she made a joke another time about like, I'm Roy Kent. I get paid to play a game and I'm mad all the time. Like she's poking like, okay, buddy, you, you're famous, you're rich, you're successful in this way, but also this is just a game. Like, yeah. Like keep some perspective. Yeah. (laughs) And in a nice way, like she's not totally like saying he's stupid or what he does is stupid, but she's also like, let's, let's just remember what we're doing here. Keely is so in her power, really. Like, a lot of times she is just like, it. it's really amazing to see how she could be intimidated by these people. She could be feeling like I'm new to this environment, right? There's all kinds of things, but yet she is just owning who she is. She's pretty unapologetic, we see so far, about who she is. Mm-hmm. And she she is strong and she matches the energy of people really well. I mean, it's really neat to watch her character. Yeah. Very confident. Mm -hmm. Even though we know like there was, there, there are like, there are insecurities, but she presents herself very confidently and in her, I don't know, in her power. Is that what you said? Yeah. 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 I I like watching her in that. Mm -hmm. So did you have a favorite Tedism from this episode? (laughs) So my favorite line from the episode yes. wasn't actually a Ted line. Go my, on. My favorite line is when they are in the pub talking about the ghosts. And um, they said, there's 400 ghosts. And, he, and Ted's like, we've got 400 ghosts? And then Colin goes, that's too many ghosts. And my favorite <laughs> line is Richard, who said, we cannot fight them all. <laughs> it just made me laugh really hard and and to like bring it back to Ted he then was like we aren't gonna have to fight them Richard (laughs) that's so great I'm so glad I think my favorite line one of my favorite lines was also around there that I'm gonna highlight which is um like very shortly after that they talk about what they're gonna do and then Roy says we're all gonna fucking do it Ted says that's your captain right there (laughs) yeah it's cool. And like, that just makes me, I don't know why Roy, like when you say, when, when I say those lines, they don't sound as funny to me, but when Roy says them, I'm just like, ah, oh, you're hilarious, Roy. Right. They're, his delivery is really phenomenal. I will yes. say the, the other uh, line that is a Ted, I mean, it's a Tedism. It was one that he said that I really appreciate. It's one that I repeat all the time. So he said, ah, oh, Danny was just out there an hour ago looking like a joyous raven haired golden retriever. <laughs> And we call, great one. I call people joyous raven haired golden retrievers a lot, just in life, like a lot more than I would think it would come up. It comes up. Wow. wow. I'm going to have to pay attention now. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't be a raven haired golden retriever. You'd be a regular golden retriever. <laughs> but I'd like to see, I'd like to think about that in my life. So thank you for that. <laughs> great note to end on. We'll see you yeah. all next week. Thanks so much for listening to the PS Let's Talk Love podcast. We want to send out a special thank you to Medium Build for our show music. And if you enjoy this podcast, follow us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you want to support us, it's super helpful if you could give us a five-star rating and leave us a review sharing what you're loving right now. Really, we want to know.
And if you don't like it and you got this far, don't worry. You do not have to listen to us again. You can just you can just forget this podcast exists and move along. You can catch up with us on Instagram at ps.welovelove or follow us on TikTok at psconsulting. If you're interested in private coaching or learning more about our online classes, go to pscurators.com to learn more and find free resources to support you. See you next time.